and welcome to Found in Translation, a weekly-ish exploration of one fellow's translation of the Christian scriptures, one half chapter at a time. I'm Brandon Rhodes, and across the internet for me is the translator himself, Brandon Johnson. Hi, Brandon. Hey, Brandon. Good to see you. Good to see you. Yeah. And uh, good and a little sad to see the end of Ephesians. Yeah, but it's been fun. Yeah. yeah. I, I feel like especially these last few ones here have been, yeah, I've had fun. Yeah, this book has built and built and built. It was, for a few years now, Ephesians has been my favorite of the Pauline literature. Mm-hmm. And it was always like one, two, and three. Those and then four, five, and six were kind of like hey, it, it gets gross enough uh, at times uh, that I just didn't know what to. It's like, well, there's en- enough power in one through three that I can. It still gets to be my favorite. So I've been thrilled to find um, not just more fun things at the beginning where I already liked it, but really flushing out and animating some of the. Um, it's like it, it all feels like more of a cohesive whole to mm-hmm. me now. Mm-hmm. yeah no that makes a lot of sense like that's part of what we've been doing is trying to like see how it all fits together mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and how taking it as like dis- discrete little chunks that have nothing to do with each other makes it like kind of like what your experience sounds like was that it makes it irrelevant really mm-hmm. yeah it was like one through three is like the cosmic story getting a little bit more local. Uh, but then like five, four, five, and six were like, and now here are some rules. Mm-hmm. And they felt like non sequiturs. Um, uh, you know, apart from the few of them that are particularly like, that seems to be perpetuating a structure of domination. Mm-hmm. Uh, to see how it actually, there is continuity and flow here. Yeah. Yeah, I'm grateful. Uh, Well, yeah, so everybody listening in, we are (laughs) going to be talking about the last few verses in Ephesians. What is it? uh, 11 through the end. Um, So, and I'm not even going to list out everything we're going to be looking at. I'll I'll say that we're going to put a a lot of time into verse 12. so we're going to do that thing on the screen again where we compare it to the <clears throat> ESV. And uh, so if you want to spend some time focusing on anything, give some time to reviewing uh, Ephesians 6, verse 12. So yeah, you can find the um, link to the translation in the show notes, and we'll have it up on the screen here momentarily. Um, so yeah, check that out. Don't miss the footnotes either. We'll be back. Everybody, welcome back, Brandon. Let's. Uh, I'd love to start with you just reading through the entire stretch. Yeah, maybe taking the, the paragraph. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the end of it is like kind of like say hi to so and so for me. So yeah, not as much Peace. fun translation things in there. Yeah. Finally, be strengthened by the Lord and with His intense strength. 
put on the battle gear associated with God in order to be able to withstand against the false accuser's schemes, because our battle is not against blood and body, but against the leaders, against the authorities, against the conquerors of the world system, who are characterized by darkness, and against the things that are associated with the oppressive spirit breath in the highest heavens. Because of this, wear the battle gear associated with God so that you can be able to stand up to them on the day of oppression, having accomplished everything necessary to take your stand. Therefore, take your stand while binding your waist with truth and putting on the breastplate justice and while binding readiness produced by the triumphant message of peace under your feet and while wearing with all of it the shield, faithfulness, with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of oppression. Taking your hand of the helmet, liberation, and the short sword, the life breath, which comes from the mouth of God. Do so with every prayer and wholehearted request, praying in every moment with the life breath, and give it attention with persistence and a wholehearted request about all the sacred ones. And on my behalf, that what to say may be given to me when I open my mouth, along with courage to speak and make known the mystery of a triumphant message, which is why I'm an ambassador in chains, that I may have courage to speak as it is necessary to speak about it. Hmm. Yeah, and then the rest is say hi. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Great. Uh I don't think we've talked about the devil much. In, uh, not for a in while. We, yeah. we did early in Matthew, but not a lot. Not, I don't think at all yet in uh, in Ephesians. Yeah, let's let's talk about the old scratch. Uh, yeah, yeah, verse eleven there. Yeah, you've got his false accuser, mm-hmm. which yeah, is you- what the word diablon means. Um, it's slanderer. Uh, false accuser so it's throwing an accusation against someone claiming something uh negative about them mm-hmm. um but specifically that's not true um or at least that twists the truth um and so it's it's not just accuser but false accuser mm-hmm. um and that that really is the role that we see like in in matthew it was really clear like kind of introduced in chapter four the adversary the false accuser um and then showed throughout matthew how the the lead priests and the pharisees were filling that role against jesus being the false accuser against jesus mm-hmm. um and then this here is kind of broadening it to the church what ends up being the false accuser within and against the church um yeah and you can take this as like a conscious entity um but it also doesn't have to be um right could be a way of uh kind of personifying a way of being, a, 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 an aspect of our reality, of society, of culture, of how people interact with each other that that uses shame as a weapon. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The, 
because there is a diversity of um, opinion about the nature of the false accuser. Mm-hmm. Like, is there an actual being? Is it sentient? What is it? Ancient, like gibberish? Is it psychological? It, like, what is what's going on here? There's plenty of reasonable <laughs> uh, hypotheses that have uh, a home in the tradition. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that quest, like the language you used of like the way it's sort of this animating thing mm-hmm. that comes out of us, like that yeah. language of a spirit being coming out of our mouths, like, well, that, that shows up further down in this um, passage mm-hmm. uh, of the, the spirit of the divine, right. which we, <laughs> within Christianity, there's not much debate over whether or not that one exists. Right. Uh, so, we can we can speak of we at least what's the what am i looking for here that's that's i guess that's the salient point of it really is mm-hmm. that um apart from whether or not it exists it's a way of it's a way of describing like it's a the accuser yeah. the false accuser and the spirit are good adjectives or, or um, adverbs, I suppose, for the nature of how we speak. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it kind of doesn't make any difference, practically speaking, mm. whether it's a distinct entity, a being somewhere, or if it's a way of describing more of a phenomenon within humanity. Um, the, the impact on people is the same. Yeah. yeah. And our response whether ally allying with that power or allying with christ against that power is the same either way yes yeah yeah and there are all kinds of fun uh metaphysical speculations of trying to explore like what is the nature of the false accuser or the um authorities and uh worldly systems the principalities and powers mm-hmm. do they live are they in a sense created by our own antagonism or do they then have a celestial nature that kind of <laughs> is it's like an emergent principle of reality mm-hmm. where um the sum is great greater than the parts or the right. whole is greater than the sum of the parts that's it yeah yeah Some good, good gestalt thought there yeah yeah um and that's you're usually the one throwing out terms like this. I just wanted to join, Thank you. join in the fun. Yeah. Dropping the German. So good. Um, yeah. Anything else we want to acknowledge yeah, no, here? I mean, it feels like one, like I just want to emphasize, like I'm not trying to take a like lean on either particular way here by, by this translation. That's what the word Diablon means. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, you're not trying to like dilute whether devil, or not the devil exists. Yeah. Right, yeah. Devil is just kind of taking the Greek letters through Latin into English. As one does. Diablon to devil, just without translating it, really. Yeah. And I just think it should be translated because it means something important. Mm-hmm. And I capitalize it here to make it like, to show like, okay, this is talking about something very particular, you know, yes. that, that could be a being 
could be more of a phenomenon. Mm-hmm. But here it is. Yeah. And if you to get get a bit historically speculative here, if if a religion is increasingly aligned with the interests of the principalities and powers as they are going through, let's say, part of a continent and -hmm. saying convert to our culture slash religion or perish. Um, If you're using the language, if you're persistently making translation decisions that emphasize um, the existence of sentient celestial hostilities Mm-hmm. that devils and bad spirits and all that um it's easy to point at whatever their indigenous traditions are mm-hmm. and locate those demons and the devil there instead of and so it's like the demons are just any other religion than us right right and there may be a whole, that certainly sounds like a false accusation uh <laughs> Mm-hmm. especially when you read several other passages in scripture where it's clear the divine has a particular commitment to Israel um, that evolves strangely with Christianity. But like, he's like, I'm working with everybody here. <laughs> so right. like you're, we're actually taking a tool off of the belt of oppression that is used to um, uh, harm yeah yeah having it more abstract allows it to be used however you want it to really yeah yeah and and less inclined it's like well what is the nature of the devil well the nature of the devil is any other religion it's like well actually the word devil comes from diabolon which just means false accuser so we should trust that paul meant what the word he chose here Mm -hmm. in the early church favored that word to describe an animating energy that Christ has overcome and that we persistently enact that victory over in our lives together. Right. Yeah. Not it's the energy out that, there. <laughs> that weaponizes shame, that weaponizes fear um, to increase hostility rather than break it down. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Well, I think that leads us up to the precipice of verse 12. So bear yeah. with us. Let's uh, let's get that uh, side by side on the screen. Uh, if if I'm uh, worth my salt, there will also be a link to this image in the show notes. Give me a second. All right. Uh, this is I love this tool of having these set in parallel. I'd like yeah. to read. I'd like to read this in parallel. Um, so I'll, how about I read a, a stretch and then you read the equivalent in your translation. So I'll be the, sure. I'll be the uh, bad cop here. Uh, the extra sexist version. The yeah. extra sexist version. That's yeah. me. Uh, I, I mean, you said it. Uh, yeah. Let's strike it from the record. All right. So uh, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Because our battle is not against blood and body. But against the rulers, against the authorities. But against the leaders, against the authorities. Against the cosmic powers over this present darkness. Against the conquerors of the world system who are characterized by this darkness. And against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. 
and against the things that are associated with the oppressive spirit breath in the highest heavens. Mm. <laughs> I love it. There's some differences. There are. Some similarities. Yeah, I think the, the first big one, I, I want to just say I like blood and body instead of flesh and blood. That's mm-hmm. alliteration is awesome. <laughs> yeah. I'm affectionate towards all of that. Uh, so conquerors of the world system instead of cosmic powers. What's wrong with cosmic powers? That's kind of a cool Sauron. Yeah, I mean, it's a great fantasy novel title. (laughs) (laughs) Starting off strong. The devil probably doesn't exist, and this is fantasy talk. Okay, (laughs) keep going. Yeah, I mean, okay, so in other places, we've tried to emphasize, like, the Greek cosmos is, like, world system, and, like, in John, it starts getting used as, like, the whole world, meaning to mean meeting all the people everywhere you know um but there's a huge sense in which cosmos was used uh kind of as talking about the empire talking about the roman empire Mm -hmm. uh without saying empire so that no one murders us um yeah like you there's a bit of code switching here like we're just Right. So that's the world system, the way things work, the status quo of how society functions within the context of empire and the pyramid games that people play that we've talked about. Um, Which flows really appropriately out of like, you know, but against the leaders, against the authorities. And in case I'm not spelling it out, it's not just the individuals or their offices. It's the whole GD system. Right. And that's how we've been understanding Cosmos. Yeah. Is that whole system um, and ESV and a lot of others? It's not just just this that translation takes w- cosmos to mean world, as in like physical reality, as opposed to after yeah. we die being in a disembodied existence in the ether mm-hmm. with God in heaven somewhere. And so we're, we're not of this physical reality where you can touch things around you. We're of the spirit world after, after, right. after we die, um, which we've I'm not going to go into it too much, but we've talked about how not, how unbiblical that actually is. Yeah. Um, it's counter to everything the Bible is about. Um, but then here, cause they're translating cosmic is that cosmos yeah. is world. So which is it that it's this like physical reality as opposed to a, a spiritual reality on the other side of death? Or is it the other way around? Cause you just literally used it in the exact opposite way that you've been translating it this whole time. ESV. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that, no, it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, in terms of like a consistency and coherence, it's also very convenient that the, um, I mean, the ESV in in this entire verse is standing, it's not doing its own particularly sexist or problematic thing. It's standing no. in a long and deep tradition of interpretive. Right. Yeah, this, it's this, not just the ESV. No, it is convenient though that, you know, chapter one, uh, God in Jesus is uh, 
overcoming every difference and making all things one in him two and three like that's particularly about the jew gentile fusion hybrid mojo and in three mm-hmm. that reveals it to the systems and structures um, the same cosmic powers the same conquerors of the world systems rulers and authorities in the heavenly places like the victory of God is revealed in um, being a boundary transgressing kinship network, as uh, Willie James Jennings says. Right. And then four, five, and parts of six are like, here's how we enact that. We're talking about earlier about the the flow of Ephesians here. There's a deep coherence. Why at the end of it would it be? And by the way, um, it's about this very arcane, esoteric, invisible, but take my word for it, there are some demons up there doing some dark shit that has been overcome as well. It's like, well, the demons doing dark shit like look like capitalism, look like patriarchy, look like slavery, look like dehumanizing children from their parents. Right. And the work of the gospel, the work of the mystery isn't overcoming these things. Like this, like your translation discretion here, flows out of a very clear set of this worldly victory of God instead of saying, whoop, it's up there. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, I don't know which... if there's anything sinister here. Like I kind of insinuated that earlier, but it's certainly to see this evidence and insist at keeping it at the like arcane translation is to that mm-hmm. is where it becomes like willful right right harm yeah uh and, and i think like you mentioned that esv is not the only perpetrators of this it's no. standing in the tradition pretty much every widely used english translation is going to be something like what the esv does here totally yeah um and there's a reason for that and it's because all Every single widely used English translation is grounding their work in the King James. It's all based on like King James set the standard for what we think this stuff is talking about, how it talks, how we talk about these things in English. And sure, they're willing to like kind of go out on a limb for little pieces here, little pieces there, NIV, ESV, NASB, all these other like translation yeah uh nrsv they're willing to go a little bit away from that enough that they can like highlight something they feel like is really important um but all of them are committed to keeping the same basic cadence the same basic voice the same basic perspective as the king james because otherwise it won't sell well otherwise it's straying too far from the tradition that we've all inherited yeah there's a certain family familiarity that comes with these traditions starting with the kjv Mm -hmm. and and none of them want to go against that like learning more and more about i have been of modern translations and the processes of creating them and learning like I'm actually taking word word by word from the Greek into English, doing the best I can. I check with other English translations when something feels kind of confusing or like we're trying to figure out what is this, but yeah. I'm starting with just, just the Greek from yeah. scratch. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not what most of these other versions are doing. They're working from 
previous, like, you know, NRSV is coming out, came out this year with the NRSV updated edition. It's not in print yet, but you can see electronically online. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just another edition of the NRSV that existed before, which was just an updated version of the RSV, which existed for before that. NIV has like the 2018 version or something like, I don't remember what year, but a recent before that was the 2000. One before that it was the 1984. Before that it was the original in 1978, and it's just updating the same work, right? Right. Um, nobody's doing this from scratch, really, and they're all basing their work on this tradition of what have we received from the King James. And there's a problem with that, and it's not just because King James is over 400 years old now, which is problem enough uh, for a lot of reasons. Um, including that newer, older manuscripts, more reliable manuscripts have been found since then. And the shitload of English um, has changed. And English has yeah. changed, yeah. Um, but the problem is part of the history of why the King James exists in the first place. Uh, there, there was already an English translation of the Bible at the time called the Matthew Bible, translated by William Tyndall and somebody Rogers, Um, And they were burned at the stake, martyred for doing that, for creating that Bible, because the the withholding, the gatekeeping that was happening at the time of like, no, you can't make the Bible be in any other language other than Latin. Right. Um, And you dared to change that. So you die. Um, But the problem was King King James was a guy, was the king at the time. uh, And he didn't like the Matthew Bible because it was too anti-authoritarian, really. Um, That's amazing. And so he banned it, made it illegal to use, and commissioned a group of people to to do a new translation that would be more favorable to dictators, basically. Yeah, to, um, yeah, perpetuating authoritarian two systems of authoritarian power. Yep, and and authorized that and that became the only legal version to use because it supported a tyrant and that has become the basis for all of our english translations to to this point at least the ones that get widely used wow and more specifically it's not just that it supported a tyrant it's that it neutered at as many places as it really could without taking verses mm-hmm. out of the bible because the bible is a fundamentally anti-authoritarian handbook for life together. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a library towards that end. Yeah. Anti-oppression. So, yeah. Anti-injustice or pro-justice. Yeah. It's pro-humanity. It's, pro, it's a, yeah. yeah uh, it's a humanistic. It's a very humanistic mm-hmm. book. Um, and so, you know, he blunted every, sharp edge that could be brought to um his <laughs> dainty skin uh in this yeah. in this book um it's so I, I i don't know if it supports him but it certainly is a lot harder to like see that the deep story is yeah. counter authoritarian yeah well i think you will you see maybe in other places where it supports more authoritarian kind of stuff here it Roman what it does 13. is it yeah 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 here what it does is it, it pulls the teeth out of any attacks against authority against the 
the power structures and Mm -hmm. and turns it into like oh no it's not about the king it's about the devil right it's about some disembodied spirit and so all we can do about that is pray yes pray do that but there is more that can actually practically be done to change evil change oppression change hardship change harm that's happening to real people in real life that is faithful and it's not just oh it's only the unseen things that we have no connection with it's unseen in the sense of it's bigger than one person you can't you can't take care of the problem by just like killing some guy even even the king yeah um but it involves humans heavily it's not just in the ether yeah, it's it's somewhere. Now I don't want to use between language, but yeah, the very first um, stretch of this verse: "For we do not wrestle, uh, because our battle is not against blood and body, but against these um, offices." Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it's talking about human leaders, human authorities, yeah, human people who have gotten to the top of a ladder in the world system mm-hmm. yep yeah we um we resist um i mean that's the that's the challenge because it is using uh language of a, a discrete individual like leader authority okay i'm thinking of a mayor a senator a president or whatever um that sort of sounds like an individual person and it just said our battle isn't against um blood and body how do you sort that out? It's not about taking a sword in this context or a gun in our context and eliminating the threat. It's about the corrupt, oppressive ways that people with power shape the whole system. Yeah. And the system itself that we all participate in, all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, some of us are actively resistant more than others. Some of us don't realize how we're complicit and co-participants in it. Yeah. yeah. Um, to you and you and me, Brandon, like we are beneficiaries of the system in a lot of ways. Um, yeah. And that's not something that we can do away with altogether. Mm-mm. we can we can push back some but in other ways like we're just going to keep benefiting from it and our job is to be committed to trying to support those who have a lot less benefit maybe even more explicit harm from it uh, and do what we can to support with solidarity uh, and that might yeah. mean actively relinquishing some of our benefit but some of it we just don't even have that option Yeah, really, the this passage is in a lot of ways about um, the work of decolonization mm-hmm. as the work of um, the gospel. Yeah. We are recognizing the logic and the stories and the power and the affections and the conveniences of the rulers, authorities, uh, or uh, yeah, leaders, authorities, and conquerors of the system. 
um, the systems and the isms that are internalized in us. That's the complicated thing is it's so easy to see a physical human um, and equate them fully with the system that they represent, that they appear to represent or that they've deeply internalized. We're image bearing creatures. And so mm -hmm. we come to just bear so aggressively um, a gender binary or capitalism or communism or um, the police. And I'm a soldier. I'm a, I'm a police officer, whatever it is, or I'm a man or I'm a, I'm a Christian. Like these are all things that we so wrap ourselves in. It's hard. It's hard for us as individuals to detangle the true self from the false self and to bear mm -hmm. the image of the risen one instead of the one of uh, the image of the systems that crucified him. Right. And it's hard to see that. Like I, it's, it's like, I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty sure we're, we're, our battle is against like Donald Trump. <laughs> it sure feels like that, but it's like, eh, he's, he, he is expressive of a system and the wound that is so conspicuous in him is mm -hmm. expressed in him tightly robing himself in just horse shit and harm mm -hmm. and in fear and in shame. Yeah. Being the false accuser. Or at yeah. least, or at like least that. pushing forward the work of the false accuser. Yeah. And being the conqueror, the one who rose to the top of the world system. Yep. Yeah, by its rules. Well, yeah. and beyond. Yeah. Um, being characterized by this darkness. We, I think out of context, we just think like the badness, the, you know, like darkness. But Ephesians has talked about darkness and and being coming to be able to see better and light and earlier on. And it's, it's less than that. It's about not being able to see the mystery that, that we talked about in chapter three, the mm -hmm. fact that everybody is included. Everybody is welcome that the boundaries of hostility between us need to be broken down. Yeah. Like there's the systems that we robe ourselves in and that we are on our necks at times they are bent on perpetuating that hostility that Ephesians three says God has in Christ overcome and that we get to enact that, or that was Ephesians two, excuse me, two and three. Um, yeah, yeah. That's talking about kind of the same thing from a different angle here. Hmm. That's a great use of like, you've got the ESV saying against the cosmic powers over this present darkness. Besides that being like a Frank Peretti novel, it's also just kind of a cool sounding phrase of like, again, like I've got this middle, middle earth feel to it. of like the brooding darkness, the deep breath before the plunge. Like I can just hear yeah. over this present darkness in Gandalf voice. Yeah. And no. it's kind of cool. Um, and is. there's a, and there's a there is something good there. There there's something evocative, literarily, and the kind of imagination that we are being called to be formed into by um, Paul's letter here. Don't miss out on on in that. It it's not just a cool uh, poetic phrase. It's mm -hmm. drawing on well, darkness was used earlier to mean to in intone a, a certain set of um, hostilities in this world. Mm -hmm. 
Like the hostilities and yeah. the and the conquerors of this world system are not unrelated. Right. Those systems yeah. depend on perpetuating hostility between us. Right. Like, as long as Jews and Gentiles are fighting over who's in and who's out, Rome mm-hmm. can keep on stabbing and crucifying them all. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it says that their Rome's word about what constitutes good civil humanity. How does it, what does it mean to be, to participate in the, the peace coming over all the world? <laughs> What's well, on the terms of Rome and you guys can, can slap each other all you want. As long as right. you don't look up here mm-hmm. or yeah. in our day, that would be, um, blaming black people or blaming, um, gay people or blaming um immigrants Mm -hmm. or uneducated rural white people yeah yeah do the divisions between republicans and democrats serves the system like there is no nothing in the system that benefits from us all being on the same side Mm. Uh, that's why russian bots work so hard not against any one group it infiltrates all different groups, Bernie supporters and Trump supporters. And I don't know if it's true or not, but I was recently told that something like 19 of the top 20 Christian Facebook sites are all run by Russian bots. Yep. Yeah. It's insane. (laughs) Um, uh, Like the point of all that is not to push any particular ideology. They're all saying different things, all trying to get people to believe different things. The point is to divide us yeah um and it works and then people like putin or trump or elon musk uh (laughs) are the people who benefit Mm -hmm. yeah yeah um okay we should acknowledge a little bit here about uh that i don't know what color we want to call that orange-ish orange-ish yeah uh speaking of Donald Trump, um, that kind of Trump colored phrase, spiritual forces of evil, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, or in your translation, uh, that are associated with the oppressive spirit breath. Yeah. And the, they're both modified by something about the heavens. What's, what's an, what the hell's an oppressive spirit breath? Like, insert yeah. morning breath joke here, but yeah. Yeah, I think it gets a little clearer maybe if we contrast it with a little bit later on, but um, the messages, the words, the way we use how we talk, the yep. Bible consistently, it's, it does this in First John, it does this in Matthew, talks about the basically the things that we say, the kinds of ideas that we put into words and share with others, speak against others. Um, it calls those pneuma spirit breath yeah. wind yeah um where so where i've often done pneuma as life breath talking about god's breath um that we talk about as the spirit of god or the holy spirit or the spirit of truth or whatever you look at it different ways it's kind of it modifies a little bit differently sure um that this is clearly not a life breath here um so when it's in these in the when it uses it about breaths spirit 
like the spirit of what is being communicated um, in some way. I, I've been hyphenating spirit breath together. Cool. And again, like, I don't think it has to do with another being. It, it could, you know, maybe we have that much power to like be interacting with these other beings in, in what we're communicating. Mm-hmm. Um, but the point of what it's saying here is much more about human interactions yeah. um, and how the kinds of ideas that we perpetuate in how we talk about things in how we label people mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. is oppressive, causes hardship, causes harm. So the word evil there, paneros, is a, translating it here is oppressive. Sometimes they do hardship, sometimes harm. So similar related ideas like that, because that's, that's really what it means. Um, not just like malicious or something. Um, right. Has, right. It's not about my quality of I don't even know how to describe what evil usually means. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it, it really has to do with my impact on other people. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, it's almost like a, a bitter associated with the oppressive animating energy. Like there is, there is something that comes into, <laughs> or that. Yeah. Well, yeah, it, it's an animating energy. Yeah. And then it's odd that it then says, well, this is actually, they're in the, the highest heavens or in the heavenly places, as ESV says. Mm-hmm. We've spent all this time talking about how, no, this, it's this worldly, it's this worldly, and then it ends with that. What, it, what do you do? Yeah, well, we talked about, I think it might have been all the way back in chapter one in Ephesians. Mm-hmm. We talked about the phrase, the highest heavens. Um, so Paul uses this like, stratosphere like stratiated what's the word i don't know lots of levels um of like the heavens all the way from from like the ground and then the air is like the part of the atmosphere that we breathe and then there's the heavens and then there's the ep or noise the the part that's over on the heavens so the highest heavens Mm -hmm. um it's these levels basically of power of influence of authority of status um and so just like regular everyday people live on the ground and then you have like local officials maybe that are in the air uh and then you have people like caesar or trump and elon musk that are in the highest heavens um and they have the most power and of course, mm-hmm. we would think of Jesus as being, you know, it, it talks about Jesus being seated at the right hand of the father in the highest heavens. Yeah. Um, and that's who we, the kind of the point is that we're trying to build a world where that's who we all see as being the authority, the leader to have in that spot in the highest heavens for everyone everywhere, because it leads towards unity and care and love between everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this, this, what it's talking about here is kind of imposters or people usurpers who are taking that place through yes. force yeah. when it does, doesn't belong to them. 
Well, I think we need to move along to the next verse. All right, there we go. So this is the part where we talk about the thing every men's group just <laughs> has such a <clears throat> joy about <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, putting on the armor of freaking God. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> and I remember being a teenager and like drawing the soldier with all the pieces on it stuff too. And having like this like flaming sword be the, the sword of the spirit. And, yeah. 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 Um, yeah, there's a few helpful distinctions here. In um, 14, you've got um, justice instead of righteousness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which we've talked about some of the difference there, but mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, then uh, triumphant message of peace versus gospel of peace. That's really just another instance of you removing religious technical language and emphasizing yeah. the like, victory nature of the gospel yeah and this is like it's already inherent in just triumphant message or euangelion anyway but the of peace here i think really emphasizes like this is different than the way that caesar does like the pax romana the the we're gonna achieve peace by just obliterating all dissent yeah yeah um and that's just the opposite of what the triumphant message of peace that Jesus teaches us does yes. how what he lives out. Yeah. And then we've got, uh, while wearing it with, uh, all of it, the shield faithfulness instead mm-hmm. of faith. Yep. That one we could talk about for a while but we've just talked about this word so much we have Uh, we have it's 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 one that i get a little riled up about yeah Uh, yeah yeah. um but yeah that trusting faithfulness Mm -hmm. um, allegiance commitment allegiance all of that that orienting toward commitment to the way of christ because i trust that it's genuinely good that it's beneficial that it's true um all of mm-hmm. that helps protect from be shielded from anything that's going to like try to erode that right you know yeah yeah like it's 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 a better it's a more faithful word here to do faithfulness or trust or allegiance uh, yeah. uh than faith but this is also an occasion to as we say often here it's also faith has become a religious technical word. So mm-hmm. when, when this is read, it's the shield is how hard I believe in God, like some sort of cognitive ascent or like right. how, how fear, like I'm my cynical wounds from my experience in Pentecostalism <laughs> surfacing here of like, you know, how tight can I squeeze my eyes when I pray and say it loudly and with enough pat? Yeah, that's not what's being talked about here is like how strongly you believe in um, God existing or anything. It's it's how good are you at just turning down the volume on your cognitive dissonance? Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) All my sputtering. That was exactly it. Yeah. Uh, And then next one, uh, oppression versus. extinguish all the flaming arrows of oppression. I love it. 
It's not just yeah. the evil one. It's well, we've been talking about how all the like celestial uh, realities take on flesh as well. And that flesh puts a boot on and that boot, it puts that boot on people's necks. Mm -hmm. Um, Why not lean into that? And then in the next verse, you've got uh, the helmet isn't salvation. It's liberation. Mm -hmm. Which is a type of salvation. It is. To be fair, salvation isn't incorrect. It's just, we've, we've been trained to hear it in a very particularly, very disembodied Saved from way, your sins, don't, like, not going like to the cosmic powers kind of thing, rather than yeah. something that's active and present in the world around us right here. Yeah, it's its primary tense or sense is material. And there there's within liberation, there's plenty of space to also understand the more invisible sense of what's happening. Mm-hmm. And then the last one here is in the short sword, the life breath which comes from the mouth of God. Mm-hmm. I found there to be some nice surprises here. Yeah. What stood out there for you? Uh, let's see. You said it, it, it comes from the mouth of God. But yeah. Not, yeah. It's usually the word, right? That's often right, the translation. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. The word for, from which uh, comes from the mouth. There is one word in the Greek. It's rhema, not logos. Um Huh. And so we tend to think of the word of God as being the Bible, the Bible or maybe Jesus. Um, and Logos has that sense of it's, it's the conversation, the communication that God is engaging with humanity um, through scripture, through Jesus, through the prophets, through creation, through nature, yeah. like yeah. all these ways. And that fits really well with, logos the word here that's not the word here um and i think it just really helps to make that clear in some ways because we just lean on make it a technical term of the bible the 66 books we have printed on my desk (laughs) and and nothing else yes um and so the word rema here is literally like utterance or just like it could be a sound it's just anything that comes vocally really out of out of a mouth yeah um and that's great which is similar to what logos means but it's like logos has more of a conversational a discussion feel to it whereas rema is much more just like the thing that someone said yeah uh for those who uh are geeky about other parts of the bible uh, the image at the end of uh, Revelation, which is conventionally the last book in the New Testament, is one of Christ overcoming all the bullshit, and uh, a sword comes out of his mouth, which I believe is truth. Is that right? Um, Probably. That sounds. There's right. a sword coming out of his mouth, yeah. and uh, I didn't know that that image is anywhere else in the Bible. I thought it was just in that esoteric apocalyptic code language myth language in revelation and here it is right here the short sword is the spirit of god the animating the animating divinity uh coming out of the mouth of god the the breath coming out of the mouth who'd have thought (laughs) like so you get you get Mm -hmm. more coherent metaphor and imagery here as well as accidental or uh, 
happy coincidence uh, resonance with with Revelation. Love it. Yeah. Last thing is, uh, let's see. Uh, in verse nineteen and twenty, um, that what uh, that what to say may be given to me when I open my mouth along with courage to speak and make known the mystery of the triumphant message, which is why I'm an ambassador in chains, that I may have courage to speak. It is necessary to speak about it. I am just really happy to see uh, the mystery showing up here at the end mm. after it's been such an um, important conversation partner throughout Ephesians. Yeah. To see, it shows up not just in three, but in six. It's at the halfway points and then the finale. Right. Yeah. And like, as we've defined, the mystery isn't just whatever we don't understand about spirituality or about God or whatever. It's very, it's pretty specific. It's that God has always intended to branch out and reach out to all people, all creation, bring down the barriers, include everyone. That is the, what the mystery is. And we just, humanity being we, have struggled to see it even though it's been there the whole time all the way from yeah genesis from creation one and two uh from abraham and the promise to bless all all nations um it's been there from the beginning i think Mm -hmm. in in chapter three it says since ages past um yeah but yeah to create this technicolor belonging Mm -hmm. that you know and that's why he's in chains. It's not because he said you all broke the rules and God did something so that you're able to keep, you know, come right. out of time out again. People don't want to hear it. He's yeah. saying God has overcome your instincts to put other people in time out, whether that's gay people mm-hmm. or name go on down the list of all the people that we like to keep in time out. Yeah. The people and that, that we see an- as other and we make ourselves feel better, give ourselves more power by pushing them down. I can imagine being put in chains for suggesting that systems of control don't have the final say. Mm-hmm. People with me. control fight real hard to keep it. Yes, sir. Well, I'm going to have to control the end point on this episode, which is now. Uh, yeah. So uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. This has been wonderful to go through Ephesians with you. Uh, the easiest way to support Found in Translation is to leave us a rating or review. Uh, here on Facebook or YouTube or in the podcast player you're listening in makes it easier for more people to find the show and get in on this stuff. Second best way to support this show is to become a sponsor for just five bucks a month. When you do that, you get comment access on the translations, Google doc and the satisfaction that you are supporting exceptionally nerdy independent media. There's a link to join that community in the show notes. The music you're listening to is by Kevin McLeod at incompetech.com found in translation was produced on perry uh by perry fm on unseated chinook land goodbye brandon bye brandon bye everybody